Acts 27. Uh, I'm just going to read one verse, verse number 20. But keep your Bibles open. We'll go back and look through some of these other verses while we're there. In verse 20 it says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest laid on us, all hope we should have be saved was taken away. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, just so our hearts and minds receive the message we stand in need of. Empty himself and fill with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. This is, this is a mighty dark place. We, we find this is a stormy, uh, uh, dark story. I've heard messages about this chapter many times. I, I've even preached out of this chapter many times. And every time I come back to it, the Lord gives me something fresh, something new in it. We see the voyage of this dark place. Uh, Paul gets on this ship that's heading to place, and they sail right off into the dark storm. The storm's not, uh, uh, it did not catch God off guard. God knew this storm was coming. Uh, let me remind you that in our voyages of this uh, voyage that we own, this journey that we own from here to heaven, there will be stormy, dark places in your life. They're going to come. And some of these stormy, dark places are designed by God to get us closer to Him that we may know Him better. Isaiah 45, 3, we said, And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, I am the God of Israel. God does allow us to sail head on into the dark storms of life. Then we find that Satan designs the storms in our life. I, I, I believe that we all can say tonight that the devil does design storms that runs, ruins our life, that gets us in a trip place. Paul said this, that we have, have to come to you once again, but Satan hindered us. He puts some dark, dark, stormy uh, uh, places in our life. But I have found out over and over and over reading in the Bible, the devil meant it be for evil, but God means it to be good. God can take what the devil has put in your life and turn it around and make it for good in your life. But I also found that a lot of our storms in our life are self-made storms. Amen. Storms on this voyage, how many of you can say that, that you've gotten yourself into a storm that you wound up in and it wasn't God's fault, it wasn't Satan's fault, it wasn't your wife or your husband's fault, but you look in the mirror and said it was your fault that I got myself in this position. I have to be honest, there have been many times I've been in the storms and I could not blame anybody but myself. And I did it just because I was plain I would not listen to God. I would not give heed to God. When God said, don't do that, I went ahead and did that. It wasn't God's fault. It wasn't the devil's fault. It was just my fault. Then we see the viciousness of this storm. Even the name of this storm sounds vicious. In verse number 14 it says, And but long, long after three there arose a great tempest in the wind and called Erechodon. 
Now, during the hurricane seasons that we've had in the last few years, uh, 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 they named these names like Brett, Cindy, David, Tom, Teresa. You know, those names that strike fear into your heart. You know, when you tell you storm traces coming your way, whoo! Yeah, those storms that, uh, that track uh, uh, fear into your heart and everything. But let me just say this. If the weatherman ever comes on TV and you turn it on and he says, you better be sure that the storm Iraqadon's coming your way, you better get in safe haven because it's going to be wild. It's going to be bad. It ain't going to be good. It's going to be nasty. Look how long this lasts in verse 27. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, this storm lasted for 14 days. 14 days without sun. 14 days without the moon. 14 days without the stars. Listen, two weeks is a long time when you're in a dark place. So dark is a, is a long time. It, it's not like them when we pack up and we're heading to the beach uh, and it's going to be sunny and bright and everything cheerful. It seems like that time just goes by real quick. No sooner than you unpacked on your vacation, then you turn around, you had to pack up and come back home. You had fun, it was great, and time just flew. 14 days on this ship, time has stood still for these men. It was dragging on 14 days, and the ship's going up and down, up and down, side to side. 14 days of this, no sun, no help. It's almost like they say, well, we might as well give up. We're lost and undone. The storm was a vicious storm. But I want you to notice the voice in this storm. This is what got me. God gives Paul a voice in the dark places. And I would say this at the beginning. At the beginning, nobody listened to voice, his voice. Nobody heard what Paul had to say uh, in verse number 9 when Paul admonished them and told them, said, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be of hurt. And much damage. They, they wouldn't listen to him. They said, well, what do you know? You're not a, you're not a shipmaster. You're not in there. All you are is a prisoner. Sirs, I perceived. He had a voice. Paul said, it's going, it's going to get rough. He tries to give them good advice. And they say, well, we just don't want it, preacher. It's like today. You try to give good advice. Preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. This doesn't matter to you. We're going to do what we want to do. That's the way it is today. Nobody wants to listen to anybody when you try to give them good sound advice. And you give them from the scriptures, this is what God said. And you see them heading down the wrong road. You see them heading in the wrong direction. And you say, this, this would be good for you if you just listened to this advice. Well, it's my life. I can do what I want to. You'll wind up shipwrecked somewhere. 
if you don't listen to what God's trying to say. But notice how the scripts flip in verse 31 with this voice in the storm. Paul said to the centurions, to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Now, they're not disregarding Paul's voice today. Right now, let's pay attention to this man. He said at the very beginning, it's going to be rough, and then perceive it's going to be bad, and that we're right in the middle of the storm. We've been shaken, and we haven't ate. To, it's bad, so let's, let's listen to what this man might have to say. He says, then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let them fall off. Then Paul gives them good cheer. Says, then Paul uh, gives them something to eat. And then in verse 36 it said, They were all of good cheer, and they also had some meat. Four times Paul speaks in this chapter. Four times he speaks. And each one of the times he speaks, he's giving them wisdom words that they need to have in their life. And can I say the words that Paul spoke at that time, I think we need in our life today. At the beginning of the story, nobody wanted to listen to Paul. But at the end of the story, Paul is one of them that's telling everybody what to do. So I want to look at the four times Paul speaks. And those four times he gains the people's trust in that dark place, in that dark time. The world of a stormy, dark storminess, the, uh, the voice that came out and they, and they could trust this voice. We're living in a world with all kinds of voices today. And it's 180 degrees different from what the voice of the Word of God says. What are you saying? Do you realize we live in a world where everything that we preach here, everything that we believe here, when you turn on social media, it totally backwards from what we believe. It's out there. Those voices, everybody, everywhere that wants your kids. They try to reach out and grab your kids. What this church needs and what this world needs is some voices that they can be trusted tonight. Voices that are faithful. Voices that can be consistent. Voices that when they speak, somebody will say, I believe what they say. I believe that person. I believe I can trust what they said because they walk with God. They got a word from the Lord. They are faithful in their walk with God. I want to be that voice of the people can trust in a dark place. What about you? So why did, why did they trust Paul in this dark place that they in? What did he say? I would say to every grandparent and every parent in this building tonight, you need this message that I'm preaching tonight. We all want to raise our children uh, that would listen to us. We all want to be able to raise a child and just not listen with the ears, but they listen with the heart. And I'm talking about what has been said. Mom and daddy, you need to become a voice of a person's life that they can trust. When you speak, they know you're speaking the truth. You're not a liar. You're not flighty. That you're consistent in what you say. Your walk with God is consistent. Your testimony is consistent. That's when you say something, they say, I believe 
what mama said. I believe what daddy said because they've walked the life. First time is the voice of reason. Verse 10. And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with much hurt and much damage. Not only the laden of the ship, but also of our lives. Listen, Paul didn't stand up and said, Sirs, you can't go that way because I said so. Why can't we go, Paul? Because I said so. Well, we can't do that way, Paul, because I'm telling you because I said no. I believe that children ought to uh, uh, obey what the parent says. I truly believe that, no doubt in my mind. But listen, there's a day in the world we're living in where the world will give them reasons on why they shouldn't believe the Word of God. They'll give them reasons why they should not attend the church. They'll give them reasons why they should not live the life of God. I'm telling you, Mom and Dad, you need to give your, parents, your children some reasons on why you stand the way you stand. When you say no, don't say, because I said so. You need to sit down and tell them the reason why you don't. I have been down that road before myself. I know what is in the end of that road. You're going to get shipwrecked going that way. But it's how I've been down that road. Paul said, I believe what is coming, and I can tell you that you're going to have hurt, and you're going to have some damage. It's more than telling people something. It's telling them why I believe the way I believe. Peter said, be ready always, give an answer to every man that asks if you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We just don't use the King James Bible because it's the King James Bible. We, we believe it to be the Word of God. We trust it to be the Word of God. I, I rest my life and my salvation that it is the Word of God. And we need to tell our children why we believe the way we believe. Not just because I do it. We need to tell our children why, why we go to the church. Why we sing the songs. Why we pray. Why we have dress standards. Why we have standards in our life. Why are we doing all these things. You need to set your child down and say, this is the reason why we do this. It's so that you don't look like the world. And so you don't talk like the world. So you don't act like the world. The reason why we do it, because thus said the Word of God. And if I believe the King James Bible to be the Word of God, then it must instill me, this is how I am supposed to live. They're going to mean more than, well, it's the way mom and daddy did it. They're going to need more than this, what the Bible said. Let me show you what God said about it. Let me show you, let me show you what God said. It. I'm talking about being a voice of reason in the people's lives tonight. We have lost a generation of people because they had what mom and daddy said to believe and that's the only way they had to go with it. 
instead of understanding why they believe the way they believe, we've lost them. We, there needs to be a voice of reason in our lives today and a voice of reason in your children's life today. Tell them why you do the things you do. Amen. He, Paul says, I, I, I believe, I perceived, <laughs> I'm warning you, I'm telling you, I've gotten a word from God, it's, this is going to be hurt. It's going to be some pain. It's going to be a rough voyage. He has a voice of reassurance. Verse 20, but neither sun nor stars in many days appear in no small tempest laid on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Boy, that's a, that's a dark place to be in too. Having no hope, no sun, no stars, no moon, and saying all hope has been taken away that we may be saved. But long after the absence, Paul stood before the midst of them and said, Sirs, you have hearkened unto me and have not loosened from creek. And we have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of this ship. It looks bad. Bible said all hope was taken away from them from being saved. But you see this. You're talking about a man of God. You're talking about somebody that trusts and believes in God. He started out telling him to don't do this, and all of a sudden the storm comes on. And he's trying to, he gave them the voice of reasons why you shouldn't do this. Now he's trying to give them the voice of reassurance. Uh, if the storm hit, now, now listen to me, if the storm hit, and you'd have been like this, and you're the man of God, says, I perceive that we should not go on this trip because there's going to be hurt, and there's going to be damage, you're going to be in a big trouble. I don't believe you anyway. We're going anyway. Storm hits. You're getting shaked from side to side, up and down. You're, you've lost. You can't eat. You ever eat on a ship going up and down like that? It ain't funny. It ain't funny. If Paul had been like this, when that started, if Paul had been doing like this, oh, oh, I don't know. I, I'm, all hope is gone. There's no help for us. There's nothing going on for us. If Paul had been acting like that, whatever Paul said after this, they would not have paid any bit of attention to that have said no. You said you had. You said you was going to give us voice. You said you was going to give a word. But you just as scared as we are. You're just as afraid as we are. But Paul is going to give him some reassurance, sirs. Everything's. Everybody's going to be safe. Everybody's going to be all right, except the boat. Nobody will have any confidence. And what he has said, one minute, and then the next minute, he is fearful, scared, and running around. He, he, he could have said, God has forsaken us. We might as well just quit preaching. And we might as well just throw in our Bible. We might as well just all give up. Nobody would have confidence in what he was saying. You know why some people don't follow some people? <laughs> they have no confidence in them. They've watched their lives. 
They're up one day, down the next day. They're in and out one day, and they're in the next day. They, they wishy-washy side to side. They, they don't know what they're doing. That's why you, you look around and nobody's following you because they don't have any confidence in your life. You need that voice of reassurance. Say, hey, I, God has given me this word. It's going to get dark. Your faith is going to get tested. But it hasn't shook my walk with God. I, I'm going to stay with God. If the whole thing comes apart, I'm going to live for God today just like I did yesterday. I'm going to walk with God. Live for Jesus. Regardless what comes tonight. I watch Paul right in the middle of no hope. Right in the middle of everyone losing their mind. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of God. Whose I am and whom I serve. Saying fear not. Paul thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo God has given thee of all them that sail with thee. It's the voice of reassurance. Here it is. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that he shall be even as it was told to me. You need to have such strong faith, even though the people in your life, your children, your family, and your friends, even they don't believe in God, even they don't look that way for God, but they believe in your faith. They believe in what you're doing. And when something goes wrong in their life, uh, who are they calling? They're calling you because they know your faith. They know that your voice is a reassuring voice. They know that you're in contact with God. Having a voice that people can trust is so reassuring. They have watched their lives. They're going up and down. Tossed from side to side. And they believe God in the midst of this storm. Now I have to truly believe that Paul. In the midst of all these men. You know, I don't think there were. I don't know how many men are on the ship. There's a lot of men. But I imagine in that ship. There was a lot of whining and complaining and griping. There wasn't a bunch of women. There was a bunch of men. We're through. We're done with. But I, I imagine Paul slipped away somewhere in the corner, got by himself, and he, he's trying to pray for God. He's seeking God. And I imagine every time he's on his knees praying, he's getting shoved over his way. Dear Lord, we, we need some help over here. We're going to, and, and, uh, it, it didn't stop him. The situation, the circumstances didn't stop Paul from doing what Paul what he needed. He knew what he needed to do. He needed to look and find and seek God, and he found him, and God gave him that word. Now imagine about that time he looked up and the angel was there, and that ship being tossed and turned. The angel was just standing there. Don't worry, Paul. We've got this. We've got this. Amen. Paul has slipped away to a place where he can get a hold of God. Let me tell you, in your dark times, your life, and it seems like a storm is just raging and raging, you need to find a dark place and a quiet place and get into it and say, Lord, here I am. I don't care what's going on on the outside. I don't care what's shaking on the outside. You need to find that place that God can get with you and give you that voice of reassurance in your dark place. Amen.
Amen. So Paul gives them the voice of reassurance. And it, 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 look, look at verse 20. Verse 20, I love this. This is the picture of the world that we live in today. The people have no hope in this world today. All hope for these people are gone today. They don't have hope. They live their life as one big party, weekend after week. They live for the weekend, trying to do everything they're doing. They, they, they live for the bottle. They live for the pill. They live for the drugs. They have no hope whatsoever. This world needs a group of people right here in this church that's got the answer. Certainly the government hasn't got the answer. Biden or Trump doesn't have the answer. But we've got the answer. The night of the reassurance that this world needs, we've got the hope this world needs, and we need to be a voice that people can trust when the Word of God tonight, when you speak, they know that you've got it from God. In a world of wickedness and ungodliness that we live in today, and full of dis, dis, uh, depression and discouragement, I want to be a voice of reason and a voice of reassurance to people. Everyone should be seeking this. Listen, if everybody walked in here tonight and they got the gloom and doom and agony on me face, and if I, had, if I came in the same face as y'all did, there's no way I can give you any help. The rain. If I'm sitting up I could not give you any voice of reassurance. I couldn't give you a voice of reason because I'm just as bad off as you are. But I'm telling you. But we need that reassurance. And you know what? It doesn't take long being some, around somebody long that's got the smile on their face, got joy in their heart. It sometimes rubs off on you. Amen. You might want to just jump up and dance around out here tonight. Amen. I, I, I want you walking out here not as low as you came in, but as high as you can. You know, I, want you, I want you joyful and full of hope when you walk out of here tonight. The angel said, fear not. We've got this, Paul. And gave them some words of reassurance. Then there's a voice of restraint, Paul said. Verse 30. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat in the sea under color, as they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Now this is where you get this thing, everything done under, under scrutiny. It's, a, uh, it's, a, it's not it's a, uh, like we're going to disguise what we're doing. They weren't going out to let the anchors down. They was getting in the ships to get out of there. They're trying to get out of there. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldier, except these abide in the ship. If you get out of the ship, you get in that little dinghy there, you cut the rope, you're lost. You're undone. But if these abide in the ship, shall be saved. Then the soldiers cut the ropes of the boat, and let her fall off. This is a voice of restraint that kept them from making a serious mistake in their life. 
If, if Paul doesn't say anything, they were dead men. They were dead. God said, but those who are in the ship shall be saved. But if Paul had said something and they didn't listen, they were dead men. They were dead men. Because those in the ship shall be saved. Paul's given the word of restraint and they said, well, we, we, we heard him at the beginning when he said, don't do this, don't go on this trip. There's a bad storm that was going to be rough. It's going to be hurt. It's going to be damaged. And, and then we said, uh, we ought to need to just have a, a, a voice of reassurance. Everything's going to be fine. The centurion looked at him and said, you know what? I've seen his life. I've seen what he's been through. I've seen what he's going through. And he, he's been right up to this point. I'm just going to have to trust him. And they cut loose the boats. Listen to me. Please get this. Please get this. We've got young kids in here. Too many parents are trying to be buddies. Friends. You've got time when they get older. And I'm talking about 18, 19, 20, and 30. To be friends and buddies. But as a child of 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, don't show up, they need a parent that's going to put some voice of restraint in their life that you can't do this. You can't go there because death, that's the end of it. Stop trying to be a buddy to your children. I wasn't a buddy to mine. At least they, they said I wasn't. But we, got to, we, we lose so many people because mom and dad wants to be buddies. I, I, I heard this, well, I let my child make their own decision. Seven years old, you're going to let your child make their own decision? I'd have to ask which one of you or the child, which one of you is a parent? A seven-year-old child don't know how to make, especially, well, I am not a boy today, I'm a girl. You out of your mind. I let my children make their own decisions. I want them to grow up right. They ain't growing up right. If, if your child at seven years old said, well, give me the keys to the car I want to drive. Oh, no, no, you won't do that now, would you? See, you got, you got standards too. You got some restraint too. Hold on. You ain't old enough to drive. Well, most kids at seven years old is old enough to be drinking today. Doing drugs today. Watching filth on TV today. But I ain't going to let them drive. Your children is not, doesn't have the mind to make their own decisions. And you need to be a voice of restraint in their life and let them know, hey, well, where did we get off on this at? <laughs> but you need to help them. And, and grandpa, grandma, mama, dad, the same way, you need to be a voice of reason in their life. You can't let them run and do what they want to do and do everything they, they want, think they ought to do. You can't let them do that. There's a voice of restraint in there. These men were about to get in the boat. Because they have seen Paul's life, they stayed. There's going to be some times in your children's life. And I know parents, I've had parents tell me, well, I just don't like to tell my child no. 
you're going to regret it. You need to tell your child no, or you'll wind up shipwrecked, wind up in a messed up life. This world is a dark place, and it's going to swallow them up. You, you young people here constantly bucking mama and daddy. They keep restraining you from doing what you want to do, what you think you ought to do. Instead of bucking your mom and daddy, you ought to get down on news and thank God that you've got a mom and daddy that will tell you no. That cares enough about you to not let you do everything that you want to do. They're, they're trying to save some hurt in your life. They've been down this road. They know what it's like in this world. They're they're, my job is to warn you, same as mom and dad, they're trying to warn you of things that's coming down the road. I, I can tell you to stay in this ship. And just stay in the ship. There's safety in the ship. There, there's preaching in the ship. There's fellowship in the church and ship. Don't get out of the boat. Keep your family in the ship tonight. They were going to let them down under color, false pretense. And you know what I find out? You find out people's true colors when they get out of church. Oh, while they're in church, it's, oh, praise God, <laughs> loving God. But as soon as they get out of church, they hook up with a group of people that don't even care about God, don't even care about the Bible. You find out people's true colors. Amen. A voice of restraint we needed in our children's life. Then we see the voice of relief. Verse 33. Now listen, right after Paul cuts something off out of the lives, the lifeboats, right after that he puts something back into their lives. God is a giver of a thing. See, when God takes something, he gives you something back. Can I say, let me say this, parents. Let me say this. When you cut something out of your children's life, just don't leave it there. Put something back into their lives. That is of God. I mean, I'm telling you, today's prom is not like my prom. All the boys on one side and all the girls on one side, and we were scared to even talk to each other. Didn't care for them. Now they come in dressed like street walkers. One corner you find them all. No, 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 no. You don't want your child, you don't want your daughter to be like that. So you say, you can't go there, but I'll give you an alternative. I'll give you something else. We'll do something with God, praising God. God's going to take some things out of your life, but God always puts something back in it. And if you're going to take something out of your child's life, give them something back in replace of it. Amen. So Paul said, hey, you, you can't cut that boat off. You can't, you can't go in that boat and cut them off. He took the boats from them, but what, what's what Paul gives them back in replace of it? He, he said, don't do it. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them, and all they take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that we have tarried, continue fasting, having taken nothing. Whereas I prayed you have some meat, for this is your health, for there shall not be a hair 
fall from the head of any of you except the bald ones. I kind of have to think there might have been some bald ones there. I don't know. But there's not a hair from any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God, presented to them all. And when they had broken it, they began to eat. Then all, then all of good cheer, and they all took some meat. And in that, in, in when were, we were all in that ship, 203 score and 16 souls. That's, we, now we found out how many men were in that ship. 216 souls. Say because the man of God had a voice that they could hear. They had a voice of reassurance. They had a voice of restraint. They had a voice that uh, uh, gave them some resistance. They gave them a voice and a voice of relief. Hey, if you stay in this. He said, hey, let's cut it off. I'm going to give you something better. Give you something better. I have seen parents literally destroy their children's life because they were always restraint, 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 restraint. And the child grows up with all this restraint. You can't, you can't, you can't. They don't want to serve God. They don't even want to come to the church because there's so much restraint. I'm telling you, when you take something, give something. Amen. If you take something from them, give them something to replace. Now, don't, don't, don't go by the wrong road here. Some people think, well, I'll take this from them, I'll give them that. You know, don't give them ungodly stuff. <laughs> You've taken some pathway they're heading away from them, give them a pathway that leads them back to God and give them joy. Amen. If you want to have a problem, we'll have it here. Amen. We'll, we'll fix a meal up for you. Get a horse and drawn carriage and run you up and down the road. Hey, we want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. But I don't always want to take things from you without giving you something back. Paul said, I, I, I don't cut the butts off, let them go. You always restraint your children. They're not going to want to come and serve God. They think serving God is the biggest downer in this world because it's always restraint. Cannot have any fun. Can't enjoy anything. You can enjoy the things of God. I mean, you take them to the park and let them ride a Ferris wheel, roller coaster. You ain't got to go on the. <laughs> you ain't got to go on that beach down there where skimpy clad people are. Ain't nothing worse than seeing a man wearing a thong. <laughs> nothing worse. Nothing. I got, I got eye conditions because I saw that. I don't like that. But you ain't got to take them down there. But there's other places you can go and, and they can have fun. Give them something in return. There's a voice of relief. Be a voice that uh, says, no, we can't do that. But we, we can go and do this. We can go and do that. Show them that serving Jesus is fun. It's fun. But we keep pushing them back. 
The world needs to hear a voice that's got some relief. And let me tell you what, this world today, they need to hear the word of God. They need the word of God. And we need to give it to them tonight. Paul spoke four times, and all times he spoke, there was reasonings with him. There was, there was assurance with him. And sometimes it was restraint. But there's always relief when Paul spoke. You want your child to raise up, be raised up right? Teach them this. Teach them that. And God will help them. Anybody got 